Hi, this is Sam Chan, and welcome to the Sam Chan Leadership Podcast. It is my honor to serve you, help you achieve your dreams. Let's do this together. Hello, this is Sam Chand and I want to talk to you about how to create, sustain and enlarge your big picture. How to create, how to sustain and how to enlarge your big picture. All in all, I will talk to you about six things. And let me give you all six of them and then I'm going to take my time unpacking each one of them for you. The f- and all of them have to do with a focus in your life. So for you to create, sustain, and enlarge your big picture, you get certain focus. And then you uh, make sure that your focus remains on those things. So I'm going to talk to you about six things. Number one is what I call personal focus. Personal focus. In here, I want to talk to you about how to keep your heart in the game. How many of you know that keeping a heart in the game can be challenging at times? But how to keep your heart in the game, your personal focus. Number two I'll talk to you about is what I call platform focus. Platform focus is how do you communicate and maintain your vision? How do you communicate and maintain your vision? Number three will be what I'll call people focus. How to develop the leaders that are around you. Number four will be program focus in which how I'll talk to you about how to keep everyone vision centered, how to keep everyone vision centered. Then number five, I'll talk to you about procedural focus, how to grow a fit and trim organizational. And finally will be what I call problem focus, how to stay on target in a crisis. How to create and sustain and enlarge your picture. The big picture is personal focus, platform focus, people focus, program focus, procedural focus, and problem focus. Here we go. Number one is personal focus. How to keep your heart in the game. First thing I want to know, it is perfectly okay for your focus to shift at different times in your life. You just have to be honest with yourself. I'm 65. Uh, what was my focus when I was 25 is not my focus now. It was not even on my radar. Uh, things were shifting. Things are shifting. And the same is true for you. It is perfectly okay for your focus to shift at different times and allow yourself to shift those focus because it is completely natural and normal for your focus to shift. Because you have to understand how God communicates to you and how he speaks to you so that you'll be sensitive to when he's speaking to you. Now, In the Bible, God has spoken to people four ways. Dr. Tim Elmore taught me that years ago. He he told us how God speaks to us in four ways. Number one is when he calls us from birth. Number two is a thunderbolt, voice from heaven. 
Number three is open doors. And number four is a growing awareness. Let's talk about each one of them. Call from birth. Not many people in the Bible call from birth. There could be Samson, Jeremiah, John the Baptist. Very few people, Jesus, call from birth. And then there are some who had a thunderbolt experience. Uh, this would be when God actually spoke to them. That would be someone like uh, uh, Gideon, Paul, uh, Abraham, Moses, a thunderbolt experience. Number three and four are a growing awareness and open doors. Growing awareness and open doors. That's where my life is. Uh, Generically speaking, we are all called from birth. Generically speaking, we hear from God. But specifically speaking, I'm talking about open doors and growing awareness. So how does my life flow? Uh, God opens doors for me. There's a growing awareness. I am in tune to the awareness. I accept the open doors. And I walk through the open door. So when there are shifts going on in my life, uh, my personal focus, and I'm trying to keep my heart in the game, I'm trying to be obedient to growing awareness and open doors. Because these are shifts that are taking place in my life and personal focus is shifting during that time. So now in the midst of all of that, there have to be some constants. In the midst of shifts, there have to be some constant. Some people say, that's my North Star, whatever that might be. So the personal con uh, constants could be your family, your friends, your mentors, uh, your counselors, uh, people you respect. Uh, so there have got to be those constants in your life. The other thing I want to talk to you about is to let you know that there's something known as intuition. Now, uh, don't ever underestimate the power of intuition because I have found you will sense before you see. You will sense before you see. And it is what helps you navigate on the inside. So can I tell you what is the enemy of intuition? Experience. Because what experience does is it negates Intuition. Experiences, that's not good. Experiences, that didn't work out in the past. Experiences will say, that really worked out in the past, and so you will go ahead and do it again and not work out this time. Have you ever, have you ever had those experiences that something was really successful uh, some time ago in your life, and now you try to do the same thing? It does not work out for you? Because you negated your intuition. Your intuition was saying, don't do it. Our intuition was saying, do it. You were sensing it, but what you had seen, what you had experienced, negated that out of you. So it is very easy for your intuition sensors to become corroded after being in leadership for a while. After you've been in leadership for a while, it just takes it away from you. I want to say to you, to keep your personal focus and keep your heart in the game, be in tune to your intuition. Uh, don't be stuffing your feelings. Uh, don't be uh, running away from it. Talk to your friends about it. So just as a caveat on the side, I just want to ask you, do you have friends? I'm talking about just real friends. 
Do you have people that you can actually call your constants? People who will check your intuition? Because uh, leaders have to understand that they produce who they are. Their hearts, if they are somewhere else, you're going to be reproducing what is somewhere else. So where is your heart in the game at this time? Because focus is the key. Focus is the key. Your heart is the key. I have known people who kind of checked out. Who checked out of uh, where they were at in life. They checked out from what they were doing. They checked out from what, the, what was important to them. And they think that somehow they can hide it. Somehow they can camouflage it. Somehow other people will not know it. Can I tell you something? People are smart. People are not dumb. They can sense the same thing you are sensing. And if you find yourself checking out of the game, if you find yourself going somewhere else in your head, guess what? They know that. And when they know that, you'll end up reproducing that tentative. You'll end up reproducing people who are unsure. You're going to end up reproducing followers who really don't know where you are going. So where they are going and they will act according to how you are going. So you got to keep your focus on the inside and on the outside and be aware that people are going to be able to follow you. Uh, the last thing I want to say to you about this is because your personal focus is shifting, give yourself the license to shift. And I have a lot of people that I have spoken to who trap themselves, you know, so they say, I feel trapped. Maybe you feel trapped. I have concluded most people trap themselves because they have shifted on the inside. Their personal focus has shifted. They're having a hard time keeping the heart in the game and your heart can only be in the game if you're aware of where you are in life internally. If you are true to your senses, if you are, have integrity on the inside, if your outside your inside match, that's known as integrity. If what you say and what you do matches, that's known as integrity. If your walk and your talk matches, that's known as integrity. Integrity is just a uh, the, the literal meaning of that is whole, W-H-O-L-E, integer, a whole number. Give yourself permission. Know that there will be your shifting focus. In the middle of shifting focus, don't trap yourself. Because there's enough going on in life that will keep you in a place where you're going to feel like, I don't have any more, I don't have any more options in life. And I want to say to you, you don't have to go there. Stay true to yourself. So that's what I mean by personal focus. How to keep your heart in the game. Number two is platform focus. Platform focus. How to communicate and maintain your vision. I'm con convinced that vision for your corporation Vision for your church does not come from a committee, does not come from a group, does not come from an executive team, does not come from your board. The vision for your organization comes from the primary leader. Because if it is not the primary leader's vision, they're going to have a hard time 
pushing it up, pushing it down. They're going to have a hard time leading it because it will not be theirs. So I'm going to talk to you about how to not only have a vision, but how to uh, uh, communicate that vision. Because what draws people is your vision. What draws people is your vision. So you look at any corporation, look at any church, you look at any organization, and you'll see people, uh, that organizations that are growing, have leaders that are magnets. Are leaders that are drawing people to not just themselves but to their vision. So a vision should be three things. A vision should be portable, a vision should be memorable, and a vision should be motivational. Portable. It should be easy to communicate. Uh, you know, I read these big vision statements for companies and for churches. Nobody can remember them. They've got to be portable. People have to be able to communicate that to somebody else. If somebody else asks you, what's your church about? What's your company about? You ought to be able to say succinctly. So that is portable. Somebody, something you can carry with you. Number two, it has to be memorable. By that, I mean it is simple to understand and easy to recall. Simple to understand and easy to recall. And it's got to be motivational. Motivational simply means it is inspiring. It is inspiring. Walt Disney said this. Let me read it to you. Walt Disney said to us, The future is not the result of choices among alternative paths offered in the present. It is a place created first in the mind and will created next in activity. Let me read it for you again. The future is not the result of choices among alternative paths offered in the present. The future is a place created first in the mind and the will and created next in activity. So your vision has to Start with your heart and your head before it is translated to your hands. So how do you communicate vision? Communicating vision is not easy. Because you can see it, you can sense it, you can feel it, you can diagram it, you can write it, you can have emojis behind it, you can have PowerPoints behind it, but communicating it is difficult. So I'm going to make it easy for you. Divide your organization into tiers. So draw, uh, draw a pyramid, draw a pyramid and slice it horizontally. Draw a pyramid. When you slice it horizontally, start with who's the top executive, the next, the next, the next, and all the way down to maybe in a business, it'll be customers or constituencies. In a church, it might be members or attenders. Uh, so go down like that. And what you've got to do is then start communicating it one slice at a time. One slice at a time. You have to focus on the what and the why of the vision without being distracted about the how and the when. So when you're casting vision, focus on the what and the why. Don't get in the minutia of how, when, where, who, how much. Those are Tactical things, strategic things are only two questions. What, why? 
tactical is everything else. So when you're casting vision, don't get distracted by the tactical. Stay on the strategic, on the what and the why. So back to the pyramid that you drew, you sliced it horizontally, you uh, put names and uh, people in each of those slices, and then you start at the top, and you start casting vision. Here's the, here is where it all comes together. Cast vision for the top, then cast vision for the next one. But here's what needs to happen. The top people that you cast vision to, now attend the next meeting. You go to the third meeting, the two attend the third meeting. You go to the fourth meeting, the the top three who've already heard it, come to the fourth one. Why are you doing that? This is what I call deep seeding. Deep seeding. Because if the top does not get it, then the lower part of the pyramid really becomes inconsequential. But for it to really be that way, they hear it again and again and again and again and again and it comes a place where they start sensing it beyond what you are saying to them. So it, it almost becomes like a series of communication that you are uh, doing with uh, each one of your segmentation of your organization. Take time. Don't rush it. Too often, uh, we forget how long it has taken for us to even get that vision, let alone communicate it. So slow it down. Slow it down. I know I'm talking to leaders right now who want to communicate everything in one setting. No, just slow it down. Because Bill Heibel says this, you can never underestimate the amount of energy and frequency you must give to vision casting. So vision casting takes time. Relax, enjoy it. The other thing you have, apart from taking time, you've got to be intentional, be strategic, find times and ways to communicate it and make it visible on a constant basis. In a church, for example, as the church grows, it is important for you to ensure that new people understand the vision too. So this is what happens. A lot of times in January, the pastor will get up there and cast vision. That's really cool. But what about the people who start coming to church in March? What are the people who start coming to church in July? What about the people who start coming to church in November? Take your time, be intentional, cast vision, do it repeatedly, slow it down, take your time, do it again and again and again. You can never wear out a vision. You cannot ever say too much about the vision. You might get bored with saying it, but they need to hear it again and again because there are power to, power to repetition. And then wrap your vision in stories. Uh, stories. Let me, let me just uh, talk about the power of stories. Remember, not everyone relates to written vision statements. So you got to wrap it in stories. Look for events in people's lives and, the, and paint living examples of your vision. This is what we say we're going to do. This is what happened. Then they bring the stories, connect the dots for people. Find ways to communicate from prominent examples in the community that you are a part of. Be consistent. It's not just words, it is faces and people. So you're saying, so how do I measure? How do I measure the success of my vision? Measure it in degrees. Measure it incrementally. Everybody wants to grow quantum, but quantum is not, first of all, 
natural and normal and for those who grow quantum like that it is an anomaly so just say to yourself i'm going to measure it incrementally and in degrees because this is what i want you to hear let me read this to you the real measure of success is achieved when people who don't go to your church or business know what your vision is that's when you know that real success has to happen over there so how do you cast vision? You cast vision publicly, you do it privately. There are people in a church who are of greater influence than others. Everyone knows that. There are customers and clients that you have of greater influence than others. That is not a demeaning statement or an arrogant statement. It is just how life is. So for those who are influential in your church, influential in your corporation, that you consider to be of high net value to you, Cast vision to them privately. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with meeting uh, significant people in your life and having lunch with them, having breakfast with them, explaining the vision, going over it step by step. I think it is, uh, it is an enormous mistake that we make when we think that one size fits all. And that is why the power of the pyramid comes in. You slice it. You discern who is in which, you learn each one of those categories, and more than anything else, you start saying to yourself, these are people, they are in different places in their life, and I'm going to communicate to them in different ways. Because vision are living, breathing reflections of an approaching destiny that will grow, expand, and change. So what changes over time is how the vision is implemented. I found this in most cases the vision does not change. The delivery systems of the vision changes. So let's talk about for example about Amazon. Uh, everybody knows all over the world uh, Amazon is delivering uh, goods, products, used to be just books. But, but the vision was how do we get things from a supplier to the customer. That's the vision. How it has happened over the years, from trucks to drones to planes, to you picking it up in different places, that is what I'm talking about. So the vision usually does not change, but how you deliver the vision changes. Because strategic planning ensures that vision is implemented throughout the organization. Throughout the organization. So everything that you plan has to be vision-centered. It involves uh, not just a plan, but an evaluation. Uh, to see did we not just do something but did it how did it add value to the vision that we have over here when everything is justified by the vision then it's easy to say yes it's easy to say no so as a leader you know people come to you on a regular basis and say hey I have an idea hey I need to do this hey wouldn't it be wonderful if we did this this and I think Everyone, if they were to stand alone without a context around them, if they were stand alone without a frame around them, would be a great thing to do. But you can't do everything. And so you got to have, remember I talked about in the middle of all the movement, you have some constants, and the constant is your vision. And it is in the middle of this constant vision that you are saying, we will do only that which is our vision. So, a good implemented vision does three things, and I want to conclude with that. So, my conclusion, three things a good vision will do. It will synergize, 
It will galvanize, it will energize. Synergize, galvanize, energize. Let's talk about them. Synergize. It will bring several components and merge them seamlessly into, your, into cooperation. That's what synergy is. When two or more components come together for a greater good. So synergy is when everybody starts focusing on that vision and they start coming together for greater momentum and moving forward. Galvanize is composed of different elements that become unified. So there are, there are certain metals, for example, that are galvanized. They're not pure copper, they're not pure iron, they're not pure steel, they're not pure bronze, but they are galvanized. But they're galvanized because of the vision, because of the heat that brings them together. And finally, energized, filled with creation and excitement. It's always about the vision, about where we are going. I've talked to you about two things. I've talked to you about personal focus, how to keep your heart in the game. That simply means your focus will shift. Your focus will change. Sense it. Embrace it. Acknowledge it. Work with it. Don't discard it. Don't let your experience overrule your intuition. Don't trap yourself. And then I talked to you about Platform focus, how to create, communicate, and maintain your vision. When I come back to you, I'm going to talk to you about two other things. People focus and program focus.